WCB Podcast, your source for all things Chicago Blackhawks and everything hockey, with your host, Let's do it. Jerem and Tanner. All right. It's another edition of the WCV Podcast. It's Jerem. It's Tanner. What's up, bud? Nothing much, man. It's All-Star Weekend coming up, so we only had two games, and everybody else is still playing, but... I don't... Us. Yeah, I was, it was so <laughs> weird. Like, it was, I get the fantasy, and it was like, oh, don't forget to set your lineup, and I'm like, there's no games. And then I looked, and I was like, oh, no, shit, there's, there's a couple games here and there. So. There's games going on tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand it. I don't get this whole brief this week off for the Blackhawks. Like I just makes no sense to me, but um, yeah. So like you said, two games happened. There was some drama in one of those games for the dumbest fucking reason. And it mm. is not even involving the game. It's involving social commenters about, you know, what their opinion of the game or what the Edmonton Oilers did. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I think we have to start with the, the probably the biggest news of the week is uh Blackhawks legend and Hockey Hall of Famer Bobby Hall passed away at the age of 84 on Monday, correct? Now, I'm like, my whole days are all messed up. Monday, yeah. Yeah, it was on Monday. Um, Yeah, passed away at 84. Truly, I mean, I, I know it's going to sound bad. I, the, It's crazy to think that he outlived Makita and, and Esposito given his drinking lifestyle <laughs> and oh yeah knew exactly what Dude, <laughs> people back in the day were built way differently Holy like they shit. chain smoking and drinking living till like 90 and just flipping everybody off that's basically what it was and it's his legacy in the game is just absolutely unreal like i did a little reel on it because one of the one of the coolest collections i think i have in my collections is the bobby hall autograph stick um, and it was exact cop. It was his stick that he used. Um, and the one I think I talked about was he had the shaved thumb area from when he broke his thumb so he could still play. And the other thing was the curve. And it's crazy to think that without Stan Makita and, and Bobby Hall, the modern hockey stick may not exist because those guys use straight curves for the longest time. And Makita broke his stick one practice, took a shot with it anyways, was like, holy shit. And him and Bobby Hall were like, oh, God, yeah. So they were going in there. Do you know where it was? His, what? Where where they did it, where, the, where it happened, where they broke the stick? Nowhere. I'm almost positive it was in Oak Park. No shit. I swear. <laughs> like, I heard from, I heard, I've heard it a few times that it happened at the rink that I literally grew up at. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Isn't, that fucking, isn't that wild? But it's like, yeah, so it's like the modern stick exists because of Bobby Hall and Sam Akita. And also, if you ever looked at Sam Akita's first curve when he was messing around with it, dude, it's almost like a perfect 90 degree. Like, holy shit, like oh, how yeah. the hell did you, did you even do with that? I mean, he was a pure goal scorer. He's the all-time Blackhawk in, in goals scored. He, goal leader, yeah. Goal leader. Like, he's just, he was an unbelievable player. And also what else he did for the game too. It, it was, I think the story was when he jumped over to the WHA to play with the jets, it was because of a contract dispute or, or something about money. And it kind of really kickstart the, the movement of, of these teams playing paying players, what they were worth. Yeah, and, and getting them the fair pay and and all that kind of stuff, and 
So it's like there's two major factors of the game of hockey that it, it can go back to a credit to Bobby Hall. Um, and obviously, demons in the closet. There, there's bad stories, yeah. and I mean, it's also again, it's no secret. Everybody's heard stories about Bobby Hall's past, whether it was domestic violence and some comments that he's made um, that made him see pro seem pro Hitler and, and some and, Kanye esque comments. He was Kanye before Kanye was around, so Kanye was yeah. actually going Bobby. And the crazy thing is to like say things like that without social media around. <laughs> like, it was like, like a, you have to go out of your way to make those statements. Like so Jesus, Russian, it was like a Russian newspaper that heard him and was like, "Oh shit!" And they contacted a Toronto newspaper and were like, "Oh wow," he said, "Like for the Russians to go and tell on you, like you, you know, you fucked up." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that's but, fucking crazy. And. And I think it's important that we do talk about that because I think there, there's a balance that's really kind of forgotten nowadays. And I feel like people think it's either the second you do something wrong and, and I am not downplaying what he did. I am not saying like, Oh, we don't know any side, two sides, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, what he did was horrible. He was not a good person but you can acknowledge what he did for the game of mm-hmm. hockey and the legend he was on the ice and still think he's a piece of crap person off the ice. It's the whole separating the art from the artist kind of thing, which is, I feels like that's something that should it's, be uh, yeah. known by now. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if he behaved the way he did and he was playing currently, like would not be in the NHL at all, but I mean, it's kind of this is the history that we are living with, and like he he was a good player, but not a good human. No, and you hope that for his family's sake, he towards the end of his life, he was able to make amends and 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 do what he could to try, and and I know you can't fix stuff like that, but hopefully they were able to get some sort of closure and and, and heal from from the mistakes of the past because. Spoiler alert, despite what people think, people can grow and change. Like mm-hmm. just because something, you know, it's like you you can change who you are later in life. That's that's what's grow it's called growing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember as a kid uh being in a tournament in like Seven Bridges Ice Arena, and <laughs> I think one of the dads probably gave him like a 20. <laughs> it was just like before the game. And he just came in the locker room and gave us like a pump up speech. We're like, "What the fuck? Like, Bobby, yeah. what is, like, what was Bobby Hall doing here?" Best thing. Think, the best thing is, yeah, like local tournaments. He would just set up shop. Yeah. He would just show up. Yeah, <laughs> it was just hilarious. I remember my dad going to one of the t- tournament organizers and was like, "Oh, that's cool. How'd you get him to come out here?" And we're like, "No, he's here like every other weekend when we're like, <laughs> man, just loves hockey." He and I think the funny thing is. He, he would charge too. He would charge yeah. for autographs and pictures, but yeah. I got that stick for free. And I think it's because he hit on my mom and, and my mom like milked it for all it was worth until we got the autograph. And then it was like, That's so funny. Boom, gone. But yeah. And so it's like a lot of shitty stuff. I mean, he would do anything for his fans. There's, I posted an article, just a real short thing saying that he passed on hockey buzz. And I wanted to hear people's like stories with him. And it was just constantly, 
oh man, I saw him and I went up to him and we talked for 15 minutes. Like, and one guy said it best. He's like, he could see you on the side of the Eisenhower pull over and do and sit there and take pictures with you for 20 minutes, sign autographs and have a conversation with you in the middle of rush hour traffic um, until everybody was satisfied, you know, and was able to get like what they wanted from him kind of thing. So there's that Bobby Hall that we know, and there's the Bobby Hall we don't know. And I think you were talking about it and we was, I think the approach was poor taste, man, with some people. Oh yeah. I, when I went online and I was like looking at like social media posts and just people with their online pants on just being like, fuck that guy. <laughs> He's a piece of shit. Good, good for him. Like I was like, Jesus Christ, man, like fucking relax. Like I like just because somebody's done something bad in their past doesn't give you like the right to just say shit like that to someone that's dead. Like, I don't, it's weird. I don't understand whatever happened to like, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Especially when it comes to saying shit online. Like it's so stupid. The problem is, is that social media has given everybody the opportunity to say what they want when they want. Uh, podcasts have given people the opportunity to put their opinions on there. Yeah, <laughs> like ours. Matter. Like dumb, dumb fucking opinions <laughs> right. on how the Hawks should handle everything. <laughs> right. But um, Actually, speaking of how the Hawks should handle everything, what do you think that they're going to do? Because it, like, I'm curious because I'm, he was an ambassador. And they fired him the last year. Wasn't Yeah, then he was no longer an ambassador. And it kind of came at this time where they have a long stretch without games. Like, do they just make their social media posts? And then when the game starts up again, like for them on the seventh, are they moved on already? Or is it even at home that their first game back yeah, is? The docs at it home. is. Yeah. Do you think that they do anything? Do they have like a video presentation? So I don't I, remember what they did for Esposito. Oh, Esposito was a whole year thing. They they did yeah. a whole year thing for those Dude, guys. Does he get a patch on the That's, jersey, a number on the helmet? Like and I think too, like I think the Hawks are in a no-win situation here. And a lot of people are still holding the 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 Kyle Beach situation against this team of people mm-hmm. who had nothing to do with that situation now. Everybody who except Taze and Kane were the only people like still a part of this organization. Besides Rocky, obviously, but oh, yeah. it's been changed. The entire roster has been flipped. Like, but yet still the Hawks are being held accountable for that, you know, and not getting an opportunity to grow move past that. But I think because that's still fresh in everybody's mind, they're going to be like, oh, you guys are supporting a domestic abuser just like you guys covered up a sexual assault. You oh, know? like. So it's like I think no matter what they do, they're no no win because if they do they do nothing, you piss off people and you honestly, I think doing nothing is the wrong move because what we said he was a legend. I mean, he's he a Hall of Famer. He Hall won a Stanley Cup here too, which is it's just it's tough not, though to he, kind of be the, like that's the reason, but like he's in the Raptors. Like yeah, that's 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 big part of it too. Like I mean, I don't. It's hard to just be like. The person he was with the organization was not the person he was like outside of the organization. But and it's like, not, it's not good enough for people. That's not going to, no, I don't know. It's, but like, it, it's tough. Cause like it would, it's so weird to me because this is what comes into my mind is like how people can support someone like Chris Brown, <laughs> who's like in this day and age done shit like this. 
well ex- except for in like kanye with like yeah. the hitler comments and stuff like that but like they're gonna lose their shit over this older guy that like was a part of this generation of like really fucked up people that like it, thought yeah. it was okay to do all this shit it's a product and they're gonna really hate this person so much and it's just like yeah man it's tough to kind of i don't know like you get all you're gonna get like the older generation of people that are like know bobby hall of like the player that he was on the ice and how he's like the one of the greatest goal scorers especially for the blackhawks well, you look and if they don't if you don't honor him then it's kind of like why I've, I've been a hawks fan my entire life why wouldn't you honor somebody that was so huge for the organization yeah like you you think blackhawk hockey and you talk about old school blackhawk hockey and one of the first names that come to mind it's either hall makita or esposito like you don't think of early blackhawks hockey without him coming to mind and you look at all the social media posts from guys like Ronick, Chelios, Bickle, Bolin, um, all these like former pl- Blackhawk players and Hosa even. And you just like, there's just talking about how much he meant to this organization and, and how much he was there for them when, when he was a part of the ambassador program and all this kind of stuff. And it's just, how do you not do something for a player like that? Like, I think personally, I think he should get the, he should get the nine patch like Makita and, Esposito got the 35 and 21 and you just do it for the rest of the season. It's not a full season. You have less than 40 games. Like probably not like less than you're in the thirties of games left. Like, yeah, I think so. It's not like Makita and, and Hull or Makita and Esposito where you're honoring them the entire season. You do your package. You, you put the, the patch on the Jersey and you call it a day. I yeah I mean I think that's what would probably be like the best for it best best scenario people are petitioning to get his statue removed what <laughs> why I just okay but kind of going back to what we were saying like you're talking about people making comments um Jude Hall his grandson um tweeted out on Monday Monday evening you're allowed to have whatever opinion you want of my grandfather in his past. To air it all out, not 12 hours after he passed, passed makes me want to puke. I hope these tweets help you sleep better at night. Yeah. And that right there is like the perfect example is like he was a person. He had a family. He undoubtedly did bad things to his family and, and younger, but they were they were more public and than other people's bad things as well. Right. And and it's like I can't imagine having somebody close to me pass and within hours it is good. Fuck that guy. Like, yeah. it's just, I, I just, I can't, I cannot imagine that. Like, and what decency, like legitimately, like, I know it's going to sound extreme because, because what he, what he was accused of doing. And it's like, but it's like, how does that make you any better for shitting on somebody that just passed? You know, mm-hmm. thinking you're think, thinking you are the right person. You are the hero of this story for shit talking a dead man less than 24 hours before before he passed. That's fucked to me. That's that's fucked. You said yeah, it on really. tu- you, you start saying it on Tuesday. Awesome. Scott Powers, Lazarus, they all put stuff out right away and the way they worded their like tweets and stuff like that. I'm like, come on, guys. Like you can't. You can't wait one day to to put that kind of stuff out. I like I got a text from my dad on that on that day. He's like, "Hey, like, did you hear Bobby Hull passed?" And I was just like, 
yeah, you know, like it sucks. And just wish he was like a better person. That was it. That's all yeah. I said. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, that's, and that's just in private. Like you can talk shit in private, but like yeah, these exactly. people are putting it out into the fucking ether of like, everybody can see what you're saying. It's just, it's so, it's so insane to me that like that stuff that like people are comfortable with saying out loud. It's like, that doesn't make you, like you said, like that doesn't make you better. Yeah. Like that, like you seem like a shitty fucking person too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I just, I don't know, but rest in peace, Golden Jet. Um, really, it's officially the, the end of the, of the era for the Hawks, yeah. basically, like all those big guys. That's all, that's all the ambassadors, right? Yeah. It's all Savard, no. technically, but I was going to say, <laughs> He's also he was kind of a, he was a kind of a different era like he he so far it's like the Chelios Ronick kind of right yeah because he wasn't on that like Stanley Cup team right no because he was eighties he was like late seventies yeah 80s. he was yeah that's right okay good because I was like I get him mixed up sometimes no because his only cup older was, guys he was Montreal Stanley Cup mm, that would make sense yeah so um yeah sucks but. That is life. That is. So, real quick, looking back at Blackhawks games, um, two whole games. Um, it was a crazy stretch of games going from the Buffalo game. It was like every other every other day, except for back to backs on Saturday and Sunday, the twenty first, twenty second. Um, they wrapped up before the All Star break a three game Canadian road trip. Um. We talked about Vancouver already. So the first yep. up, first up was Van, uh, was Calgary, and I thought Calgary was gonna kind of come out with a little bit of revenge because after getting embarrassed in at the United Center a couple weeks earlier, um, well they didn't really get embarrassed. I mean they made it, took it to overtime, but still it was a game that Calgary they still out. lost to the Hawks. Yeah, <laughs> was that uh, the game that we came back down three to one? No, that was the game where we were up three to one. They came back and then Reichel to Kurashev, or was it Reichel to Dome in overtime? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Marstrom, what Marstrom got pulled pretty quick uh, in that game. Mm-hmm. Too. Um, but yeah, Hots go up, win this game five to one. Taylor Radish gets his 13th of the season. Kurashev, our guy Kurashev on the board again. Another assist there. Hey, man. Telling you. Um, Jonathan Huberdeau ties it up for Calgary with less than 30 seconds left to play in the first period. And I'm like, okay, well, that's vintage Blackhawk hockey right there. Calgary's going to come and score three unanswered to start the second period. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Blackhawks would come up big, um, get three, or sorry, score four unanswered go- goals. Boris. Apparently he does stuff that's not just throwing the puck up the middle and causing uh, turnovers that lead to goals against. He gets yep. his second of the season. Jason Dickinson gets his sixth of the season. Lafferty gets another eighth, his eighth of the season. Connor Murphy, we'll have a nice little conversation about Connor Murphy here in a little bit with uh, our special guest Zach Sarges. Um, gets his fifth of the season. Hawks, yeah, empty netter. He just tossed down the ice. But yeah, I mean, awesome offensive game i think this was the one oh shit i fuck it was so long i forgot but this i think it was like 11 of the 12 players 
on the Hawks yeah. offensively got on the board. The only one was Reese Johnson was the only one that didn't. Um, and I think it was almost every defenseman too got a point. Uh, it was like 17 or 16 of the eight, 18 players or something like that. Like it was a nice game. Everybody around. Um, uh, let's see. Oh no, only three defensemen didn't get points. Seth Jones, Jake McKinnon, Jack Johnson. Oh, Caleb Jones. Fuck Caleb. Yeah. Only um, only two defensemen got points, but it was eleven of the twelve forwards. Which is awesome. I mean, it's nice kind of seeing like because you, you're that's what any offense coming forward for this team after the trade deadline, potentially. It's gonna come from all over. There's not gonna be like a single person that's gonna be leading the charge. You're gonna have to get points from everybody. So it's good to see, especially those third line, fourth line guys get on the board, those energy guys. Yeah. I mean, it was Kachuk's his first game as a as a multi or first multi-point game in his career. And then uh Luke Philp actually got his first point on that uh Kachuk goal. That one. And he I think it's funny because like Luke Philp is like a 27-year-old rookie. It's like must have been I don't know what his career has been like, but glad to see that he's like made it finally and like got a point. <laughs> yeah, good for him, man. Um big goalie guy, big goalie news. This one, I'll let the goalie guy take it here. Oh yeah, Jackson Stauber coming up huge with another W. So he's the what was it? Since 1971, he's the first Blackhawk goalie to get two wins in his first two starts. Correct. Is it as a rookie or is it? I think it's just, oh, uh, maybe it's a rookie. I that, think it's I, as a rookie because I don't know. Let's say if it was like, I know Flurry didn't, but if Flurry were to do it, I don't think this would have counted. I think right. it's a, as so, a rookie. We'll say, we'll say as a rookie just to be safe. First Blackhawks rookies in 71 to get two wins in their first two starts. Plus, he, he just had a monster game. Like, they're not, they're not a bad team. They have a lot of really good players like Huberto, like Kadri. Um, There's underperforming, like, Bitch. Yeah, which whatever. I don't care about Calgary. Yeah. In the Pacific. So um what do you think of uh Sauber? Like, do you does solid. He, do like does he is because I really didn't know much about him going into this year, literally until these couple starts. Um, but it's like, does he has he been factored into this team's plan for goaltending? Or if he wasn't, do you think he's now kind of like saying, like, hey. Take a look at me. Yeah. So he's undrafted. He was playing in Providence and he had like a solid year last year and they signed him as like a free agent. Okay. And that, um, I was like, Oh, cool. Cause like I had seen like some things about him online having like a, like a really good, like, co- like collegiate season. Cause he's 23 years old. He's not like in like young by any means. Um, and so I was like, maybe it's kind of one of those things like, where the Hawks end up every once in a while signing somebody who is like an overage draft, like having a good year in college and, you know, see if they can do something. It's kind of like John Hayden. No, John Hayden was, he no. was a drafted player. It was, he, who's uh, before it is like LeBlanc, LeBanc. No, what's his name? LeBlanc. 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 Yeah, yeah. He was one of those guys that was like, like 21, 22 years old, like undrafted, had like a really good collegiate year and then like got signed by the Hawks. Um, but yeah, he had a solid season. I think it was just them kind of being like, hey, let's see, let's see what you can do at the next level. And he was like doing okay in Rockford. And I guess luckily enough for like Soderblom and like him this year is that like there's been injury issues in the back end. So like they've had some opportunities to to take the reins and 
it's been it's been good seeing him just like kind of really running with it um like playing solidly i mean it's just two games very small sample size but it's like you said i think like now it's kind of like hey like i'm also an option <laughs> like yeah. well i think they're gonna be like hey let's see what let's see if you can do more you know like yeah but so between, it's, it's cool to yeah. have that that problem <laughs> it's nice like like we said this before on past episodes it's like before it was like our goaltending situation was Corey crawford and then that's it. Mm-hmm. There was no plan for the future. There was no fail safe in case something happened, which we saw what happened when Corey went down that one year and then Anton Forsberg got thrown into it. And I thought we legitimately ruined that kid's career um, because yeah. he was fucked for the longest time. But now it's like you have Sauber, you have Comesso, um, you got Arvidsson, Arvid, Arvid Soderblom. Yeah, Soderblom, like you have three potential guys, and it's gonna, it's not like it's gonna be the solution overnight, but it's like cool. So now it's like we just have to make sure these guys, if these guys can develop correct, maybe get an a vet to back whoever we run with, you know, to kind of like, you know, you know, nurture, teach these guys, you know, the ways and all that. And it's like the options are there, and that's that's awesome to finally have that in that because. You need you need gold. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's great that we have like the. It's better. It's great to have at least three opportunities at a starter, and if one of them can do that, that's that's perfect. If he ends up just being a backup, that's okay too because we can always go out and sign somebody. As much as it's great, as nice as it is to draft someone and not have to spend a lot of money on a goalie like that as a starter it's yeah. great but like if you end up having a solid backup or like a like a couple solid pieces that like aren't really a starter but you can have like a 1a 1b kind of situation um that's not terrible one see <laughs> yeah right it could, you could you honestly could but we'll see what happens it, it's good in it's a good timeline right now for them too because if we're not supposed to be good not supposed to be like we, we never know what happens but the the plan is like five years from now they they yeah. will be like in that perfect hitting their stride should be playing every day in the nhl especially drew, yeah especially drew he's in probably the best situation right now possible yeah. he can take his time to to get up there but yeah, yeah. what he's 19 20 yeah, years old or something 19 or 20 yeah so let him play all four years at boston then play some time in rockford and then you get the same treatment and go, go at guy he's, goes down he's 20, 20. Yeah. Guy goes yeah. down. You give him a couple starts here and there to, to go get the taste and, and feel and kind of see where he's at. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good time to be a goaltender. I think for the Blackhawks, which is really weird to say There's but, plenty and plenty of opportunity to be had. That's what it is. Yeah. Um. All right. Then the next game was uh, the following Saturday, January 28th. Against the Edmonton Oilers, the Edmonton McDavid's, the Edmonton Drysidles, and holy shit, did the Hawks get their dits kicked? Yeah, it's not <laughs> it's not even fair watching McDavid skate around this team. <laughs> it's like so, tough to it's tough to watch because you they have like certain pieces that are like so overpowered for our team, like Zach Hyman and Evander Kane. There's nothing that the Hawks can do about them in front of the night, apparently. And then Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl just skate around everybody. And it just looks like those four players are the only ones on the Oilers that actually touch the puck. Yeah. 
Well, I think this game too, Hyman set or tied his career high in points. And this is game like 40 something. Yeah. It's because McDavid's also almost at a hundred points already. It's like, like, it's not fair. <laughs> Connor McDavid has 92 points. And 50 Does he points. really? Yeah. Oh my. It's so stupid. Well, so my favorite thing is when I was looking, I was looking up assists recently because uh the Kaner got an assist this game correct yes he got he t- uh, assisted Taves power play goal was it just just one or did he get or no he had two sorry he had okay cool uh, so that's what it was first. so yeah. he his two assists put him 39th all time on the assists like leaderboard and he just passed like Timu Solani and Vincent Dampus and I was just kind of like scrolling through it. And I was like, oh shit, like McDavid's on there too. And he's tied with somebody. And it's fucking Jonathan Taves. <laughs> just like that is the most insane stat I've like I can I've thought of because they're tied at 509 assists. But Connor McDavid was drafted like nine or eight years after <laughs> after Taves was. And it's just like that's so fucking crazy that he's got that amount of assists in such a short amount of time. I feel dumb that I said earlier that I'm not impressed by him anymore because I just expect it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard like, not to just expect it. He's like, got, so here's some surprising names, I guess that he has more, or I guess there's just like one surprising name really. He has more assists than like Brad Marchand, John Carlson, Victor Hedman, Jamie Benn, Drew Doughty, Corey Perry. These are all just active players. McKinnon, I guess that kind of makes sense. McKinnon had like kind of a slump, or not really a slump, but he didn't really take off for like a few years. Uh, Huberto, Ryan O'Reilly, Zach Parise, Johnny Goudreau. Johnny Goudreau is not that surprising though. Um, Hold off, man. Yeah, it's just that's it's it's crazy. He's got to be like the the youngest player on this like top two hundred and fifty like leaderboard. What's oh what's God. his what's the number at right now for him career? Five hundred and nine. One hundred nine. And I think what's even more insane is that I don't think he like he still won't come near Gretzky. Well, level. the other thing too is kind of funny is like when we talk about Ovechkin and how he could have had more goals at this point because of the shortened season, it's like McDavid's already had two shortened seasons too. Sure. And he did miss. Yeah. Are you talking about the technically three? Cause if you're talking to the COVID and then he missed a lot of time when he broke his, wasn't his rookie year. That was Yeah. His rookie year, he missed like half the season. And that's when Panarin won, won yeah. the Calder and everybody was like, Oh, it should have been McDavid. Like, yeah. Well, he got hurt. So suck it. But he handled that maturely. Yeah. Next on the list for McDavid to pass, which will happen really soon, is Chris Letang, Steven Stamkos, Paul Stastny, John Tavares. I, I, that's surprising. Joe Pavelski, like he could probably end up passing all these guys like this season. Yeah. They're only they're only like fifteen assists ahead of him, and he's just going to get that in the next like five games. Dude, he's gonna he's at where is it? I was just looking at it right now. Fifty one assists. Am I reading? Correct. Uh, yes. Dude, he's gonna flirt with a hundred assists this year. Oh, absolutely. Like that's. It's very. It's gonna be close. It's, it's gonna be close. Very, he's not gonna hit. He's only, he's only got thirty-two games left, but it's very possible. 
he's taking it out. He's taking a hundred assists out on a date and hoping to hoping to score, but probably not. Honestly, he, he might be flirting with 150 points. I know. Like, holy. He's at 92, you said. Like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> See, this is, you know what I realized recently, too, was like how he came out with those comments about the shootout. Yeah. And I was just like, of course you don't want the shootout. Your team is not good yeah. as a team. Like, if you're relying on your goalie who's not good and you're the only player that, like, can only be in the situation one time, like, you can't be in control of the entire shootout. Like, you're at the mercy of your shit team. Like, oh of course God. you don't like this fucking shootout. All right, this is getting off track here, but Bucci Gross's comments about free-for-all three-on-three. Oh, no, this isn't fucking, like, pond hockey. I think make it just NHL hits rules. You can hit anybody you want away from the puck. Dude, fan perspective, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> Except for player safety. Yeah. <laughs> the no, guys cross checking each other, putting it through glass. One hundred and fifty percent have to change something with overtime because the Slap shoot- shots only. Yes, <laughs> something something needs to change. If they just if every player just started like bringing the heat. Everyone just had to fucking take slap shots in overtime. Two on two, but one is a goalie. So technically it's like one on one, but the goalies don't have to be in that. So they can go down all the way. Oh my God, I don't know. Patrick Waugh style. I don't know. But I also like the, uh, the, the, you, you can't take it out rule. Like they got to do, like I said, they got to do something. Yeah. The shoot is group. fucking terrible. And what do you, what do you do? You, you, if you take it out, like delay of game. Yeah. You're just gonna delay the game more by making those calls. And then it's, but hey, it's hopefully it'll prevent people though from doing it. Like you can't. It's got to be like the like they need to find a way to settle these games in overtime and not go but to it, a fucking skills competition. Yeah, maybe if you like, the second you bring it into the zone, you can't take it past the red line or something. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just like you can't bring it back out of the zone. No, it's like you can't go past center ice, I think, because a lot of people will go back to regroup at center ice. Like, you can't. Mm-hmm. And, like, get a change. Yeah. You got to do that. Or something where it's, like, penalty shot if you if you do it or something. or that I don't know. That would delay more time. I mean, that's, that's like, even, like, if you're trying to eliminate the shootout, you're fucking just do it. You're right. One on you're, right. you're right. Fuck that. No. Penal- delay game. Three on two. Well, don't make it four on three. Yeah. Make three on two. Well, I think one cool thing happened this game anyway. Yes. The Oilers brought in their emergency backup, who technically wasn't, I guess, a lot of people are calling him an emergency backup because he was, like, called in. He's not on the roster, clearly. But he wasn't – he was on the bench, like, the whole he, game. Like, he was there was – they only – they only yeah, he had signed – he signed a contract. He – it wasn't like one he's goalie went down. And, yeah, he w- it was an ATO, which I don't know what that means. Yeah, but yeah. Like he, yeah. W- he wasn't like in the crowd like a normal e-bug would be. He was already signed. He was backing up for real. So I think that's part of the reason why he was able to go in because he was technically on the score sheet as the backup. Yeah. So it was cool. I thought it was cool. And then yeah, Matt- online are like, what a- it's so disrespectful. Like who fucking cares? They're winning seven to three. Like it's two and a half minutes. If the if it's disrespectful and the Hawks are disrespected, go score four fucking goals on them in two and yeah. a half minutes. Like it's not that hard, right? Like he put up, he got one shot against, and he saved it. 
So Matt, Matt Berlin goes down in, in hockey history. Like he's up there. Like I know it's still not Scott Foster level, but still like that's fucking, it's unreal. Like Dave Aries and all that kind of stuff. Like it's kind of the coolest thing in professional sports. The fact that like you could have somebody who is not a roster player be on the ice with professionals. (laughs) There was like a tweet or something I I saw and it was just like fucking e-bug and hockey is the greatest thing in the world because it's like, yeah. oh, professional athlete gets hurt. What do we do? Oh, you take the random guy standing in the stands, you put him in the in that position and he has to play. Awesome. And then somebody's like, I would love to see other sports take that approach. Like uh, in baseball, ninth inning, instead of the first pitch, you have the, the last pitch and it's like bases are loaded, three, two count. Uh one one run game. Here comes Dane DeVito for the last <laughs> pitch. Here comes Jerry from the auto parts store coming. Yeah, to like, throw in. it's just like it's like you can't have another sport do that, and it's fucking right. like. I, well, it's the craziest thing too is the fact that it's the goalie position. Like the <laughs> like you have to score goals to win, and they're like, let's just toss some guy in there to block <laughs> the shots, and it's like they can shoot harder than ever in, in the history of the NHL. And it's just like, let's just get this guy in here. Luckily, and, the guys, and then that person's like, yeah, okay. Sounds good. Yeah, luckily the guys, they, they have this, they tend to practice with the team. So it's like, yeah. they get some experience of taking those shots. Yeah. Still like, come on. <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever. It's so yeah, awesome. I thought it was cool. A lot of people are just being butthurt because that's what they fucking always do. Wait, this guy I has a memory for the rest of his life. And yeah, exactly. Like, and I think the best was in our group chat. Noli was just like, it's like, yeah, people are saying it's disrespect, disrespectful to the Hawks. It's like, yeah, the Hawks are disrespectful to the NHL. Tank for Bedard, <laughs> dude. <laughs> it's like, come on now. Oh, man. Yeah, that was awesome. But you didn't want the e-bug to come into the game. Don't have the game be so out of hand. Like, yeah. don't be down with four goals going into the last two minutes. Like, like, the funny thing is, too, is that it's not like Oilers are running away with a playoff position. Like, they're in they're in a fight for a playoff spot. Yeah. And they felt so confident that they can put in an amateur guy in net against you. Well, I think it was cool, though, that it was the player's idea. It was yeah. McDavid's idea. Yeah. And it's and cool. They, like, they did run it by Jack Campbell. It wasn't like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, yeah. fuck like, you, Jack. Like... Jack Campbell's probably like he's the coolest guy like in the NHL too. He's so nice. I'm sure he was like, yes, yes, get this guy some minutes. <laughs> I can see him being like, oh man, if he wants to start, like go ahead, let him let him start, like let, let him take it. <laughs> It'll make me look better in the long run. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, oh, I man. love it. Yeah, I love that it. That was awesome. I fucking love hockey. Yeah. Uh, all right, last thing I got NHL or Blackhawks talk will be three stars of the week from the 26th up until the All Star break. Yes. Third star, Patrick Kane. Yes, I agree. Three assists. He had three assists. And like star. I said, he's 39th all time on the on the assist leaderboard now, just past Timo Solani and Vincent Dampus. Fucking showtime, baby. Heartbreaker. Let's go. Um, second star, Taylor Radish. With yep. Two goals and an assist. Yep, three points, baby. Fucking love right. him. Fucking so love good. him. And first star since we kind of gave him the shaft on his first career win. Um, his second win was, I think, better. Uh, so, yeah. Jackson, Schauber. Uh, well, it's hard to say that it was better. He, I feel like he played better, but his first win was against St. Louis. So, that's always fucking great, too. That, that is very true. Um, so, yeah, three stars of the week there. Uh, do you have anything Blackhawks related? Um, no. I'm just – I'm 
we're just going to keep hearing more and more like trade talk rumors, but like we talked about it a little bit with Sarge, but I'm curious to see if like, I kind of brought up the fact that like McCabe and Murphy are like the same player, but like McCabe's been getting a lot of like trade talk. Yeah. I'm cur- wondering why, like maybe there's not so much about Murphy. They're literally the same fucking player. Just one's left-handed and one's right-handed. So we'll see. Speaking of Sarge, we are going to toss it over to him right now. All right, so now we are joined today by Mr. Are You Going to Get Him on the Pod himself? If you have ever seen any of our <laughs> posts on Instagram, this guy right here is always commenting, are you going to get him on the pod? And we got him, so it's a big day. Uh, welcome to the show, um, good buddy, Zach, Sarge. Sarges. Sarge, how are you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Thanks, Jerem. Uh, that's so funny. I remember, like, posting all those comments. It was like when podcasting was getting big. You guys were on, like, the forefront of it. So it's it's awesome to be here. You guys have been crushing it, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing, doing great. Good. Yeah. Join nice little break in hockey action here. Um, but, yeah, so part of the reason we want to have you on here is because in the past year or so, you started up your own like you know hockey training right the the tmp hockey how how did that get going for you and how's that going for you not going too bad um it's i feel like it's kind of like anything any project you try to start up like there's always like growing pains and trying to figure things out but it was pretty funny uh my buddy slash partner i don't know what you want to call him um who i started with ivan uh we were like training and this was like during COVID. So like he was getting ready to go back to leave to go back to, I forgot which team he was at in New York, but they were like, Hey, actually we're not going to have a season anymore. And that was when teams were like, Hey, opting out, deciding not to play the seasons. And so he stayed home and we were working out. And one of the days just came to us. Like we're like, Hey, like, you know, we've been coaching like different hockey camps for forever now. Um, And, you know, we're like, well, we, we feel pretty good. We love it. Like anybody that we've ever coached, we typically have like pretty good relationships with. So why not like try to expand on that and um, just kind of do our own thing and make it what we want. Cause you know, there's, there's a ton of hockey coaches out there, but um, trying to develop the right program and what we want to try to accomplish was something that, you know, still, still working through, but um you know, everything from that standpoint, it's been going well, like, you know, trying to do merchandise, trying to do podcasting, trying to do on ice stuff. Like, I think the biggest learning experience that I've learned from it is like partnering, kind of like what we're doing right now, right? Like just everybody has a platform and trying to be able to utilize it. So, you know, there is a ton of people because I I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm not very smart. So um, I try to (laughs) leverage other people to like, you know, try to learn and develop. And even if I'm not like, let's say strength and conditioning, right? Like I have learned a ton because I've went through a ton, but I don't know everything. And so why not partner with somebody that knows all of that? So like partnering with somebody like Jake Niche over at the Steel and GVM. So just trying to figure out different ways to help people and like hockey players develop their own like career path. That's what we ultimately like settled on. Nice. Was there any like main focus that you guys have, or is it just kind of like all around like hockey training? Overall hockey training, but like mainly it's kind of odd. Like 
our stuff is, hey, we'll set the kids down for 20 minutes, like, hey, grab a knee, and then we'll just demonstrate drills for 15 to 20 minutes at a time. That way, you know, we just, we get to work out ourselves. Um, and then the kids just kind of like, can just sit there. No. Um, <laughs> honesty, I was like, that's an no, interesting we, way of doing that. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's pretty good. So, I mean, it's the two main rinks that we uh, run stuff out of is Glacier out of like the, the north side here and then Rocket because they have two like key components of the things that we want to work on. So they both have like off-ice shooting and training facilities where, you know, they have weights, bands, uh, targets, nets, uh, synthetic ice, that type of thing. So we, we like to do, um, depending on how hard we like work with the guys, because, you know, this summer we have, a couple of small groups and we're probably going to be hitting this like three, three times a week. So it just depends on how hard we hit it as far as like you know, physical conditioning goes. And then on the ice, we try to tailor it more to like what, what position the player is and what they feel like they want to work on the most. So, you know, myself, Ivan, Garrett, I'll start with my, myself and Garrett like we've been coaching defensive hockey camps for 10 years now so we feel like that is a pretty strong suit of how we want to help kids and then same with Ivan I mean obviously he's playing defense right now uh in the coast and, and in the AHL and so um that's kind of our, our niche I guess if you'd call it but um ultimately it's, it's trying to help kids with whatever they need at the moment and then tailoring it to what they feel like they want to accomplish for next season. That's awesome. Um, do you have like a target age group that you guys focus on, or is it kind of just whoever comes approaches you guys, you guys are taking them, taking them in? Uh, yeah, ultimately like two to three years old, like that's our sweet spot. Like <laughs> if they can't yeah. skate, that's, that's the, the best thing like for us ultimately. Um, no, I, I would say right now um, we're at like the, 14, 14 to 17, 18 range. Um, obviously, as we've like, we're starting to like progress, we're realizing that we want to target like more of younger kids. That way, there's more of like a relationship that you can develop. And then you can obviously like see the progression of what they need to work on longer as opposed to, all right, hey, they're already in their last year of Bantams, they're already going into midgets. Um, at that point, like the summers are the key piece to like try to change things around. Otherwise, like during the year, you, it's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever been to like a golf swing coach, but, uh, you can't try to change too many things at like one time right. because it's like, holy moly, like what, what did you just throw at me? Like, I can't even comprehend yeah. what you're telling me. Um, so try to like tailor one or two things, but it ultimately depends. Pretty much just kind of like get them while they're younger. So it's easier to mold them into like more if it's a defensive focus it's like easier to like get them going in that direction rather than have them switch whatever they're doing into like something else yeah that's i would say that's pretty spot on awesome is there i was gonna say about like if you're doing these training sessions about how many times a week are you are you setting them up um are you saying like poor like per kid or is it, are they um, all coming in, in or what? I was going to say, are they all coming in at one time or are you just doing it um, 
like in larger groups or is it like certain days they come in like different groups of kids yeah i would say different groups of kids but um mainly like the summer will be a lot of um like for glacier for example it'll be a lot of like the bantam triple a kids like from leafers um and like those, those different programs and then you know i have a relationship with the savers which is Naperville, so um, that's a lot of like the, the peewee bantams and typically I would say if somebody's going to do like a one-on-one -on -one session um, based on you know like what we charge and um, the focus of it that's like you know once maybe twice a week uh, but if it's a small group thing we'll go you know three three times a week that way it's kind of consistent and then you know it's crazy like hockey doesn't really stop anymore so it's like you have those three skates you might have another skills training with like your individual like teams your programs and then let's say maybe the weekend you have like a couple of like spring games or tournaments or whatever it might be yeah that's awesome um yeah and then we will definitely yeah we'll toss up like any info you want to kind of get the word out for uh how people can find you guys and all that kind of stuff like in the in the bio and in the social and all that kind of stuff um so that was one reason why we wanted to come on the other reason why um this kind of goes back last Earlier in January, we all were at Poets' bachelor party. Uh, we went to the Hawks game for the first night, and there was a lot of shit talking going on about your opinion of a certain defenseman on the Chicago Blackhawks. And I thought it would be great, too, because he is kind of Trey Bay right now. I would love for you to kind of talk about, you know, why Connor Murphy doesn't get the respect that he deserves from people such as Vito and... <laughs> to call, to call people out by name, but yeah, like, so, so Connor Murphy, your guy, why does he, why does he not get what the respect you think he deserves? All right. You know what? Uh, maybe, sure. Maybe he throws, throws some pizzas through, you know, through the front of his net in, inside the blue line, throw some pizzas, like juicy turnovers, like sure, whatever, but we're all prone to that. Like we've all, we've all played men's league and we've done the same thing from time to time. Um, but ultimately, again, like I, I kind of shared with you guys a little bit, but was looking back at an article and it talked about when Carlton was the coach, which obviously he's not there anymore. Um, so some people might say this is like a irrelevant argument, but they were, you know, the article read that he was the kind of guy, like a vocal vocal voice in the locker room in terms of, hey, if anybody needed needed to know what time certain things were or like where we all needed to be at a certain time. He was always the, the one guy that would speak up and help, you know, the younger guys in the locker room. So in my opinion, an on ice performance, especially if you're like, you know, I haven't looked up how much money he's making. It's a valid argument. You have to perform on the ice, but I think also like the trust, the trust that like a player can get inside the locker room as far as, Hey, when this guy's going back, to retrieve a puck or do something hey we know like what type of guy he is and can trust that at least that he's going to give his his like best effort and i feel like that's something that you know he kind of like people short side him on he definitely gets the like he the, your argument makes sense because you know you get it's kind of like the jonathan taze argument where people say he's not worth you know the skill player he once was he's not worth 
all the stuff, the praise he gets and all that. He's overrated and all that. Because and people get annoyed with the argument when it's like, well, he doesn't put the stats up and what he does off that doesn't show up on the stats, he doesn't matter. And it's kind of the same thing with Murphy and kind of looking at his stats really quick because when you said how much he's making, so he's making 4.4 million per year. He's only got seven points, but he's only a minus one, which is pretty crazy considering how bad this defense, this team is defensively this year. Another point I would bring to that too, for like bringing up stats, I, I just looked up as well. And he, if you want to talk about intangibles, I think one of the things that he brings as well to the table, and they don't have a ton of this right now. I know they added some, um, but toughness, like he's, Second in the team's second in the team in pens, so I have a good assumption that a majority of those are like fights. Which, if I'm sure, if you were to ask him, that's not what he lives in, in lives and breathes. Like, hey, I, I want to go out there. I want to be a tough guy. I want to make sure that I have like a physical presence out there. But he's, I feel like he's the kind of guy that if he needs to stand in for somebody and make a statement, you know, like he will be the kind of guy that will do that from time to time. Yeah, I mean, when Carlton was the coach, I remember he was getting in a few fights, and then he told him to stop. Because <laughs> I forgot who was I, who it was against, but it was literally like uh, like Columbus and somebody was it Domi challenging yeah, him, and he was like, "No, I'm not going to fight," and then yeah, he just fucking started Domi throwing. Stuff. Yeah. But the funniest thing to me about hey, you, keep, Murph, you keep losing fights, can you stop fighting? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bringing all the, the guys fun- down. The funniest thing to me about Murphy, like I kind of mentioned before, is that he's like. When we got Jake McCabe, Jake McCabe, I was saying, was just right-handed Connor Murphy. And I'm looking, not even just their stats for this season, but for the two of them over their careers, they barely ever put up over 20 points. They're kind of around an even player just because they're not so offensively gifted. They both don't shoot over like 100 times during the season. And the funniest thing to me is this season, (laughs) Connor Murphy has 99 hits. Jake McCabe has 98 hits. Connor Murphy has 104 blocks and Jake McCabe has 98 blocks. Like they're literally the same fucking player, but like everybody this year is like, Hey, Jake McCabe, he's pretty fucking good. Cause he's like a plus two and Connor Murphy's a minus one. And it's just like, they're the same fucking player. <laughs> he's just like $400,000 more than Jake McCabe. But apparently McCabe is the one that everybody's like trade bait, right? Like he can get a huge deal. He's also but got like, like a year on his deal too, so yeah, a little bit harder. I think to tra- some teams to trade for him. I think I don't know. He's also wearing the A, so that's a, that's a leadership quality. Maybe, oh, maybe they, they think the price is a little bit too high for Murphy, so they're going to go and get him a McCabe. And then the only two other arguments I would make is one, how he. I feel like when we were at that game. He was one of the last like two or three people off the ice. I feel like that is probably the same assumption like during practices. He's probably one of the last guys out there, maybe one of the first guys out there. So I feel like work ethic is probably like a big key piece too. He probably helps like aid in the culture there. Um, and then the other thing too is like look at, you know, some of the like previous assistant captains like I feel like sometimes leadership guys, they're there for more than what they can, they can contribute like on the ice. So like Seabrook, you know, I feel like, like towards the end, right. He's not maybe doing the things that he used to when he was a young buck. Um, Same thing, like uh, Keith, you know, shortly after like got traded to Seattle and um, things like that. So like 
but those were guys that have been there and done that and won and have like done an awesome job. So like they, they add a key piece of like maturity to the group, I feel like. And then, um, yeah, I feel like that's, that's ultimately the two other key pieces that he, he might bring, but in terms of that, like, sure. Maybe tank for Bedard. I'm totally on board with you guys for that. Like trade everybody. Um, so he's a, so you're big it. on the you're big with the he's a glue guy like that's what you're you're big on like you're the locker room presence and and you need that which is 100 percent true yeah who cares if somebody like turns the puck over right in front of you or not like <laughs> let him bury it and then just hey it's all right I'll, I'll buy i'll buy the beers after the game it's all right <laughs> i'm curious to know if like just thinking about this now like if anybody still maybe has a little bit of like a bad taste in their mouth from getting Connor Murphy because we traded Nicholas Yalmerson for him. I was about to say that. I said, that's why I don't like, like Murphy. That's my one. <laughs> Every time I see him, it's a reminder that we didn't have Jalmerson for three more years. Just for the sake of conversation, I want to ride the, the Murphy train so hard, but I love Jalmerson. He was the man. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking up Jalmerson stats this week, like earlier today. And I was just like, man, he's so good. <laughs> Miss that Swedish bastard. God, he was so best good. player in the 2005 like draft. Another, he was like another person too. Would you guys agree that um, did he ever produce offensively? I'd no. like not a ton, but he was always eating pucks and probably was just a beauty to be around in the rink, just packing shoes and probably getting the guys going. He legitimately probably goes down as one of the top defensive defensemen in NHL history. Like, and that's not even being like. Yeah over-exaggerating because he was a Blackhawk and one of my favorites. Like, his stats prove it. Like you said, the shot block, anything he, like, laying out there. I think, like, the – the oh, fuck, what was it? I looked at this before. Offensive goals when he was on the ice versus when he was off the ice, it's just a ridiculously wide margin. Like, it's just unfair how good he was. And it's a bummer that he doesn't get the recognition that he truly deserves because you had Keith, you had Siebes, you had all those guys in front of him. God, he's so good. Yeah, Stanley <laughs> Cup team. He's like the he's like the fifth or sixth defenseman on a Stanley Cup team, which is not bad at all. Right. Oh man. So what if the Hawks were to trade trader guy? What would you want? What do you think's a fair asking price for him in your mind? You're asking something way over the qualifications <laughs> of my brain. Um, <laughs> Bo Horvat. Horvat. <laughs> okay. You got a you got a pretty sick return. If he gets Horvat quality no. that we could get Mur- for Murphy or yeah for Murphy. I mean, like I would take a no, I, a mid round draft pick. I can't. I, I think that's so undervalued. I would say it would probably be the the best like return, but probably yeah. Like you have to reach rock bottom before you can like start rebuilding the team. So. I don't know. I heard that there's maybe Kane trade rumors going on. Like, why not? Yeah, try to trade away your pieces. That way you can kind of get to where you want to be. Exactly. All right, Sarji, before we let you go, uh, first time guest. So we got to ask you the cl- classic question that we ask all our guests. Your all time oh, favorite hockey memory, whether it be something from playing, something from watching, um, just an, a memory that you love from hockey. Um, it was funny. We just talked about Jarmelson. Um, bring up a clip. I want to say it was during one of the Stanley Cup runs. 
I don't remember exactly what it was, but uh, John Wilson did something silly, like just hoisted it high to the far blue line from the D zone and right on Kane's stick. And Kane goes in, scores a sick goal. And his first like response, I think he was either mic'd up or he could like read on his lips. He's like, fucking right, Hammer. And I was like, <laughs> that's awesome. Like, just, <laughs> you're on this run. Somebody that probably doesn't get a ton of praise does something super simple, like just gets the puck out of the zone. Lucky bounce right on his stick to the one of the best like American players in the world. Like just buries him. He's like, "Hey, good fucking play, big guy." It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right, sorry, dude. Thank you so much for hopping on. Um, where can people find more about like all your stuff, uh, social tags, and all that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, just anywhere. Um, Instagram, Twitter. All I don't know, just where all the young bucks go to like get entertainment on their phones. Um, at TNP Hockey, so the next prospect hockey. Um, if you want to check it out on Instagram, all those other different things, but yeah, if you want to go check it out, that's where we are. Awesome, thank you so much, Sarge, for hopping on. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll do this again sometime for sure. Thanks, bud. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. <laughs> All right. Thanks again to Sarge for f- making it on the show. I just, I will always love him for the, is he coming on the pod comments on any single hockey post I ever put? Um, great. Uh, yeah. Make sure you follow his uh, TNP hockey on Instagram, social media. We're all these, what do you say? The young bucks are at nowadays. Yeah. Um, cool stuff. I always love seeing good hockey players take their skill to try to like push it you know, to the next generation. So share, share their skill and knowledge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good Sargi. Um, all right. So let's move on to NHL talk here. Uh, first up, we got to do it. I forgot to make a post yesterday about it, uh, but player and team of the month for January. Um, I was telling you about it and then I never fucking looked at teams. I'll go first. Yeah. So my player of the month, is Vitek Vanacek because he played eight games and he had eight wins <laughs> with a 9.32 save percentage and a 2.07 goals against average. That's stupid. Yeah. And like everybody, I don't know. I kind of assumed that like Jersey would slow down a bit. No, <laughs> like they're still playing really well. They're right there. Like, mm. I'm happy too. Like, there's the team that they're like, I always feel like every year. They make just enough moves. It's like literally that Geico yeah. commercial, the yeah. old guy with the dollar, and he's like, "Oh, I got to be quicker than that." It's like, the oh, God. like, and it's just like New Jersey's like, "Oh, you just got to be a little bit quicker." And it's finally coming together for them. And my player of the month is a big reason for that with Jack Hughes. Yeah, uh, he's thirteen had a great month. Thirteen games played, thirteen goals, ten assists for twenty three points. Like, holy shit. He is finally like he's been, he's we've known he's good, but yeah. he's been help knock on wood. He's been healthy this year. He's been able to to be out there and really show his skill. And he's just having a this is coming out party this year. And oh yeah, I think this is gonna it be was, it was postponed from last year, so that's yeah. why this year is so big. It's gonna be a lot of fun watching this kid for the years to come for sure. I just I think it's so, like so funny. Everybody always like wish shit on the Hawks for like all the guys that they gave up like in the offseason. 
but I don't, I have, maybe it's just because like we're Hawks fans. So we see more of that shit online where it's like, oh, like how could the Hawks give up this guy? It's like, how could the Capitals give up Banachek for nothing? <laughs> do you think like, they just, they just let him go? Yeah. But do you think though, like they traded him? Okay. So they traded him for a second and a third, but they traded a second and him. They let him go though twice because they let, he got drafted by Seattle. Yes, and then, and then they, they they traded back. They, they they picked him back up. That's right. Yeah, because that was hilarious. Because at work we work with the Capitals a lot, so we as you can see my hoodie I got from the Capitals. Yeah, um, but That's so they he got it. <laughs> he got drafted by Seattle. So their equipment manager sent us all of his extra gear. Mm-hmm. Really, a couple of weeks later, he gets traded back, and he goes, "Hey, did you guys sell that stuff yet?" No, why? he needs it back. He, he's getting traded back to us. So we had to ship all of it back to him, which I thought was the That's funniest so thing in the world. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't think he has this same season. If he's in Washington, I think the yeah, Washington Jersey know, man. is just a better team. They are. Yeah, that's true. Um, they're, they're the perfect, like hitting their stride. They have the, a good, like mixture of young and older players like youth and youth that is stepping up and veterans that are like playing well it's a yeah they're good i like it (laughs) um all right who's your team seattle seattle the kraken man they had a sick month what what, i forgot what it was when the hawks faced Uh off them when the hawks faced off against them but it was they were what was a seven game road trip and they swept it yeah First time for a team ever, but yeah, they finished the month 11-3-1. and one. They had a better point. They had more points than the Boston Bruins. They had a better win percentage than the Boston Bruins, which is like kind of a good metric of if your team is playing well, yeah. because Boston has just been on a, just on a tear this entire season. They, they were recording four goals per game in the month of January. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Like if you if you are a Seattle fan, obviously if you're that, not like it's not a very long time, but like watching all of January and just watching your team just rack up goals like crazies. I mean, eight against the Hawks, and like I forgot I who they say, played the week yeah. before, but it was eight against them too. I was gonna say that Jesus. the their numbers were kind of juiced a little bit because of the Hawks. Let's be let's be honest here. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um. All right, my team for January is if you're going based on points, you gotta go Boston, but fuck Boston. Um I'm actually gonna go with the New Jersey Devils. I know surprised I'm surprised you didn't say the Blackhawks. Seven and six. Dude, I was thinking <laughs> like that's insane that they had a winning record in January. Yeah, it's not good. You no. you gotta cut that shit out. Like, come on. Um, but no, New Jersey, 13 games, nine, two, and two. 769 uh, points percentage like oh yeah they actually they had the best points percentage yeah like they're they're a fucking problem man (laughs) (laughs) that's a good thing yeah i like that in in a good way like that's they're a team that's gonna that's gonna surprise a lot of people right now too they're eight one and one in their last 10 dude so is carolina they're on a 16 win streak carolina jesus christ Eastern Conference is so good. The Eastern yeah, Conference is. is just so fucking good. Yeah, and it got even better because Bo Horvat just got traded to the Islanders. Yes, he did. Um, Islanders who are not 
in the playoffs. They they're just two points out of a wild card spot right now. So they're they're there. Yeah. But is that is that is that really the difference maker right there? It's a big I think it's a big like acquire that they got. Acquisition. Acquisition. Yeah, man. I could not think of the word. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of the the way the word works. <laughs> with the big word for once. That's that was that's kind of scary. But. Um, but yeah, no, Horgat's having an insane season because he's already at like 30 goals. Oh shit. I didn't realize yeah. I thought his numbers were down because of that. He's got 31 goals, 23 assists. Oh, yeah, that's going to be big. So Um, him on a line with who knows. Like, let me see what they have as the depth chart on um, Cat Friendly. They have Horvat on the first line. Oh, they moved Barzell to the wing? Oh, God. Casey Sezik is on the left side. That's really weird. But Brock Nelson, Palmieri, and Lee on the second line. Rise, Peugeot, Bailey. Are they only going 11 forwards? What the hell? Okay. I don't know. That seems pretty great, though. If you have Bo Horvat in front and you have Barzell flying down the wing now instead of taking center. Dude, I'm actually very pumped now that I have Barzell still in fantasy because I think he's about to see a nice little upkick in at least assist, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, what was the, what was the full? Bovillier, a first. For this year, I believe, and then Atu Roddy, who was uh, last year, I think last year. Um, um so it's a 20... 2021 second rounder. He was supposed to go in the first round, though, but I think so, Nolly mentioned I think he was having he had like just attitude issues, and teams were like a little bit put off by him. Yeah. So the tw- the the first round pick is for this year on the condition condition top twelve protected. It's tw- top twelve protective. Again, Bowman, you can do that. You can mm-hmm. protect higher than two. You uh, also don't have to trade for a guy who's about to be in a contract year. Yeah. You can just wait till he goes into free agency. So this is obviously going to be a trade that kind of sets the market heading into free agent or to the trade deadline time. Which is good. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Um that's, a, that's, that's kind of a, that's kind of a lot. Yeah, it's kind of a lot because Rowdy also played 12 games this year. So he's already pretty much NHL ready. He's like in is a year out of his draft year. Um, so he can still make a, a pick of good splash. The Bavillier, I don't know if he's having like that down on the season. I feel like he should be better just because anytime we play the Islanders, I feel like he always does well against us, and that's where I get my view of him from he's only got 20 points yeah he's he's always seemed like a solid player to me so that's just kind of like a roster spot that's going over to vancouver um he's still yeah he's still pretty young isn't he yeah 25 25 97 jesus um and then they get yeah then they have that first rounder and this is a deep draft so like anybody trading away a first rounder is pretty surprising but i guess not really that surprising for like louis lamorello who just weird stuff. Yeah, he's really, really delayed. He doesn't do anything in free agency, but he'll he'll make a move. I feel like that's why he doesn't do anything in free agency, but then he's always the one that makes the first like trade to mm-hmm. kick off like the deadline. I think it was, but yeah, like I said, I think it's good. Um does this bode well for the Hawks, you think? Like kind of yes. ups up the up the the demand for what we or the return. That we, well, we can ask the, for 
the craziest thing to me too is that like you'd figure that this kind of return would have meant that there was an extension in place already oh yeah but they haven't announced anything and i'm assuming they're just really confident that they can extend him but that doesn't entirely mean that like it's like happening what is let me see what their cap space for next year is they have 16 million projected cap space next year they already have barzell signed they it should be it should be a non-issue for them to sign them it should be but it's also true he doesn't like to pay players um yeah, Farlamov comes off the books for five million, so that's that's huge. I don't think he's having a good year. Sorokin's having a if if you keep hearing about Ilya Sorokin having an awesome year, and the fact that they're not in a playoff spot right now, it's probably because Farlamov's not playing too hot. Yeah. Um, uh, he's playing fine, I guess. It doesn't show his wins on cap friendly, but he's got sixteen games played with a two six seven and then a nine one seven save percentage. That's like league average, I guess. Was it Sorkin? Was the twelve percent of his starts? Yeah, it resulted in shutouts. <laughs> yeah, God, that's fucking insanity, man. It's, it was like some weird number that they were going to they were basing it off of because he's got like fourteen shutouts, and they're like in his first one hundred and twelve starts, he's got this percentage of them are shutouts because he had just gotten another one. It was just like. Okay, that's just a weird cherry picked stat. Like, yeah, he get he has an odd amount of his wins are shot or like a, a weird amount of the games played have ended up in shutouts. But like, it's just just to start it from like 114 or whatever. It's just yeah. strange. Um. All right, real quick too though. What's also going to probably bode well for the Hawks um, and their trade pieces is Nyquist out for the season potentially with uh, shoulder surgery out of Columbus. So that's, he was being talked about as a trade piece uh, for playoff, uh, playoff contending teams. So, you know, Hey, more guys that the Hawks can be like, Hey, you got guys come and come talk to us. I thought it was Nyquist is uh, out for the season, but could be ready by playoffs. Last, I, I don't, I didn't see that. I just saw like out likely for the season. That was the, that was the the headline I read with it. Yeah. It, it where I saw it, but it was just like he could be still considered a trade piece at the deadline. Um, yeah, but still, I mean, you're going to take a guy that potentially could be ready for the playoffs, or you're going to take a, a guy that can play now. I think. Well, if you could get Gustav Nyquist and he's on injured that's, reserve, that's true. Or he gets put on LTIR. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming some team could probably use that. Like, because he, it's not like he has any, his deals over after this year. So like, if I'm sure, well, however the cap works this way, but like you can add him to your team and use that additional cap space to make another move or something like true. Yeah. And you, and it's a lot cheaper too, probably of a return now than what you were originally going to pay for him. Yeah, exactly. Um, a couple quick other things and then we'll wrap this up. Um, Tanner's best friend, Gary Bettman, is getting the Sports Business Journal Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, yeah, he invited me to the ceremony. <laughs> it would be officially today, as of recording, is actually 30 years since he took over as the NHL commissioner. And, I mean, say what you will about him. I mean, I know a lot of people got a negative viewpoint of him because of all the lockouts under his watch. But, I mean, he has done a lot to grow the game. And I mean, who doesn't? 
who honestly likes the commissioner of whatever league right. they really are a fan of exactly. anyway. Yeah. If they're not there to be liked by like the fans really, they kind of are there to it's <laughs> if he, if they're not liked by anybody, then they're probably doing their job right. Like <laughs> you know, as long as the games are on TV, which they're not always on TV, yeah. but at the end of the day, they work for the owners. They got to do what's best if for the owners. And... Trying to push out the best product that they can, you know, and I think that they have been doing that, especially with the way that the rules have changed, you know, like player safety. You, you're not seeing the clutching, grabbing kind of hockey that we saw in the, the 90s and 80s and stuff and getting these players to like really shine with skill and speed and it's way more exciting, I think. Yeah. Um, I, was, but... I was watching a, um, on Hulu, they have like you can watch like any old NHL games and clips and stuff. And I I put on like a 1980s All Star game, and they're still clutching and grabbing in the All Star game. I, I know. Like, oh my god, you're ruthless, man. <laughs> it's like, buddy, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, another quick thing. Speaking of viewership in Hulu, NHL viewership is down 22 percent in the U.S. this season to an average of 373,000 viewers on ESPN and TNT. We can go a deep discussion about trying to figure out why, what's going on with that. My initial reaction is I feel like it's not on TV as much as it was with NBC. And I feel like M- uh, the ESPN deal is more streaming. And yeah. and it's like the ESPN plus slash Hulu exclusive game type of thing. So it's like, yeah, you're 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 making it harder for people to, to watch the product. Of course, viewership's going to go down. Yeah, I mean, being able to stream the games has been clutch for me since I don't live in Chicago and can't like watch Comcast Sportsnet. So like it's been a great time for that switch to kind of happen. But I can see how, like, I don't know what days like ESPN even has NHL on. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I just know Wednesdays are like TNT. Yeah. But the other thing is I'm curious to know if once NFL is over, like, is that viewership going to go up at all? Because like, are they going to televise more games or, but the or NFL really the is ESPN. Yeah, but I feel like ESPN still covers a lot of TNT is mostly NBA. That's the problem. So they have so much NBA games going on. I think they play NBA games like three or four nights a week. Mm. And at ESPN just, I just always thought that was a dumb move to go back to ESPN. I think they like their streaming options. I think that was the the, the deal, but I I did. I didn't think that they were gonna get a fair shot on on the ESPN channel as a whole. Um, but also, I guess this kind of leads into the last thing I want to talk about real quick. All Star Weekend is coming up. I don't know what channel it's on. Is it TNT? Is it? Oh, ESPN? I have no idea. <laughs> and it's like for the longest time they were like when they were announcing the All Star team, they didn't say who like when the actual weekend was or when the game actually was. Like I have no clue. This it's on ESPN Plus and ABC. ABC, okay. And so ESPN Plus. That's the that's probably the bigger issue here is that the NHL doesn't know how to fucking market their shit. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say, speaking of the All Star weekend, real quick, going back to Bo Horvat, he was the All Star for Vancouver. Yeah, has it has it come out like what's gonna happen for that? I don't think so. I think it's maybe he's just gonna it. still play for the Pacific. John Scott, he has to wear the the Pacific logo yeah Yeah, probably because like it's not fair to him to already be an all-star and just have that taken away yeah but then it's also not fair to the pacific to like lose a player and have him just play like 
in the Metro or whatever. That'd be really funny if they just gained him as a player and, the, and Pacific lost him as a player, so they're down one. Yeah, I, I don't know. But so do, you care, do you care about All-Star Weekend, or is it kind of uh... – I'm kind of excited. I, I always grew up, like, enjoying watching the All-Star game, and I like how they try and switch up the – and have, like, some events based off of, like, the area. Yeah. Um, like the skills competition, I always think is just really cool just because like the guys are having a fun time. Um, so, dudes I mean, I'll, I'll try to watch it if possible. Yeah. I'm excited to see like, yeah, like you said, the, the area specific events. Like I like the, the jerseys just, are cool. Yeah. The jerseys are fucking awesome. I pumped to see the, the golf and hockey hybrid event and all that and the all-star game. So yeah, I think it's, will be interesting. Um, all right, so we'll wrap this one up here. Episode 211. What do you want to call it? Oh, no. I want to go back to all our episodes when I tell you to ask you what we should call it and just and clip the fucker. Oh, fuck. Is it, is it, do you, would it be inappropriate? Do you think to just be like Bobby Hall, like RIP? Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Bobby Hall. Parenthesis. Please still listen. <laughs> or just like R.I.P. Number nine. Uh, let's do R.I.P. Number nine. Yeah. Number nine. All right. So episode two eleven. R.I.P. Number nine. Uh, for Jeremy and Tanner. To make sure to check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us all there. Five star reviews on Spot, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Subscribe to the YouTube, thumbs up the video, share it with everybody. Social media at WCB Podcast, and we will see you on the next one. All right. Love you, boys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WCB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast. To connect with Jerem and Tanner, check out the boys at WCB Podcast on all social media. We'll see you next time.